Well, good morning, Prairie College and friends. Nice to see you. Nice to be with you. And welcome back to a new term of study. I hope it will be a very uh, productive, exciting experience for you. And that's our, that's our desire and prayer. I know for each of the faculty members and staff people as well. Thank you for the invitation to speak to you today. It's a special privilege for me to, to be here. I graduated from Prairie High School in 1962. So the high school building and this auditorium hold a number of very special memories for me. When I was in grade 10, I sat on a wooden bench over on my right here, about a third of the way back from the front. And during a chapel service, the speaker happened to be uh, Dr. Stephen Olford at that time. The speaker challenged us to dedicate our life to Christian service. And at the invitation, I stood up in response to that challenge and made a commitment to serve the Lord. And by the grace of God, he has enabled me to keep that commitment from that day forward. And what a wonderful journey of faith and trust in him it has been. And now I'm here to encourage and to challenge you. I'm pleased to be a part of your chapel service on the names of Yahweh. That's the name of the self-sufficient, covenant-keeping God of Israel that's found in the Old Testament. Today we want to look at the name Yahweh Ra'ah, sometimes referred to as Jehovah Ra'ah. And in our English Bible, Yahweh is usually rendered Lord and printed all in capital letters. So whenever you encounter the word Lord, all in caps, in uh, your English translation, behind it is the Hebrew word Yahweh. And Ra'ah is the Hebrew word for shepherd. So Yahweh Ra'ah is Yahweh, the Lord, the shepherd. The Lord as shepherd is, is a common theme in the Bible. As he lay dying, the patriarch Jacob looked back over his life and he said, God has been my shepherd all my life. The worship leader Asaph in Psalm 80 verse 1 called out, Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. And then in a well-known passage in Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, and that's the word Yahweh, He is God. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Isaiah the prophet declared that the Lord God will tend His flock like a shepherd. Ezekiel the prophet wrote, Thus says the Lord God, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down. A few centuries later, Jesus told his first disciples, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. 
I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. In Hebrews 13, 20, the Lord Jesus is called the great shepherd of the sheep who was raised from the dead and is presently ministering on our behalf. And in 1 Peter 5, 4, he is called the chief shepherd who is coming again in glory. And as you can see, the shepherd-sheep metaphor is a significant theme throughout Scripture. But probably the most well-known reference to Yahweh as shepherd is Psalm 23. Many appreciate the simple beauty and personal comfort that's contained in that psalm. Many of you probably know it by heart. David, one of Israel's finest kings, is identified as the author of Psalm 23 in the heading of that psalm. We're, of course, not surprised. After all, he was a shepherd in his youth. Few of us understand the demanding life of a shepherd in the ancient Near East, but David did. And no doubt his shepherding experiences prepared him for leading the nation of Israel. David probably wrote the psalm later in life. Throughout his long life, he had experienced successes and failures, betrayals and tragedies, disappointments and discouragements, and dangers. And such experiences add credibility to this psalm. It's a confident meditation on the Lord's care for David. It's practical, personal, intimate, and yet profound. What are you facing today in your life journey? Like David, all of us experience challenges of one sort or another. It may be fear or anxiety about something in your past, like abuse or betrayal, or something in your present, like financial stress. How am I going to pay for my school bill? And around here, many crops are still in the fields, and the oil patch isn't producing as it once did, and the ripple effect affects many people. And so there is some anxiety and perhaps some fear in terms of present circumstances. Or perhaps it's worry about the future, like finding a job or uncertainty about what lies ahead. How should we respond to these problems? How should we respond to the issues that trouble us? And I believe our text today provides some answers for us. Psalm 23 has two scenes. In verses 1 to 4, David pictures Yahweh, the Lord, as a good shepherd out in the field with his flock. And he views himself as a sheep. But in verses 5 and 6, the metaphor changes, and the psalmist pictures Yahweh as a generous host in a banquet room 
and views himself as the guest of honor. And with this background, let's read Psalm 23. And here's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy, goodness and loyal love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In thinking about his relationship to God, David introduces the shepherd metaphor in verse 1 when he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Before we look at uh, those words closely, uh, let's consider the relationship of a shepherd to his sheep in the ancient Near East. In her book, Around the Mediterranean with My Bible, Harriet Louise Patterson makes the following observations about shepherding. And here's what she wrote. Shepherding does not change much in Palestine. The shepherd lives night and day with his sheep. He establishes a degree of intimacy with them. He calls them all by their name. And they, knowing his voice and hearing only his voice, follow him. He protects the sheep from the thieves and predators who would devour them. At night he sleeps in the opening of an often makeshift sheepfold, and sensing his watchfulness, the sheep fear no harm. The shepherd provides pasture and water, even in the wilderness and in the presence of enemies, and by casting their anxiety on him, the sheep are fed. There is a singular communion between the shepherd and his sheep, which makes the intimate metaphor of a good shepherd especially appropriate in Scripture. Shepherding is hard work. And as we've noted, the word David used for God is the name Yahweh. This is the personal covenantal name of God drawn out fully in the words to Moses around the burning bush, when he said, in identifying himself, I am that I am. He's the self-sufficient God who causes all things to exist. He brought the nation of Israel into existence and established a covenant with the nation. David pictures the Lord as a shepherd who cares for him, and he assumes the role of a sheep. So the vantage 
point of the psalm is from the perspective of the sheep, not the shepherd. The sheep go astray. They are helpless, defenseless, and dependent on the shepherd. So by implication, David and those of us who read it are admitting the same thing about himself and ourselves. He and we need the shepherd. And so we could title this psalm, A Sheep Looks at His Shepherd. The pronoun my conveys, conveys the idea of a personal and a close relationship with the shepherd. He's not simply the shepherd of the nation of Israel. He is my shepherd, says David. All the benefits the shepherd provides come to the sheep who belong to him and trust in him. Because the Lord is my shepherd, David says, I shall not want. I lack nothing. And stated positively, positively we could say, he says, I have everything I need. And the point is, having Yahweh as his shepherd is all he needs. He will not at any time lack anything he really needs because Yahweh has his best interests at heart. Yahweh loves him. He is precious to him. And as a result, David says, I shall not want. In Psalm 37, 25, he said that throughout his long life, he had never seen God fail to meet the needs of his people. The underlying spiritual reality is that we who have entrusted our life to Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, can enjoy the same assurance. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we have everything we need. But you might be thinking to yourself, how is that possible? And in verses 2 to 4, David explains how the Lord is like a shepherd to him. He describes the things the sheep who are dependent on their shepherd will never lack. There are four things I want you to see about the Lord as your shepherd. First, he provides the best nourishment for you. David says, the Lord, as his shepherd, takes him, like a sheep, to lush green pastures and peaceful, refreshing water. A shepherd knows his sheep need food to eat, calm water to drink, because they don't drink from rushing currents, and a safe place to lie down and rest. The shepherd takes them to the best nourishment and the safest place to rest. The sheep lack nothing they need. They are content and well satisfied. And on the level of the metaphor, the psalmist declares that his shepherd provides the essentials of his physical life, and he is satisfied. Jesus, the good shepherd, provides the same for us. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or drink or wear. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, 
and all these things will be added to you. He can be trusted to provide for you. At the underlying spiritual level, David may well be referring to more than physical needs, but also to spiritual nourishment from the Word of God. Many biblical passages compare God's Word to food. For example, Job said in 23, Job 23, 12, I have treasured the words of God's mouth more than my daily bread. In Psalm 119, 103, the psalmist says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And what food is to our physical life, God's word is to our spiritual life. And that is why at Prairie, you have the opportunity to, for exposure to the whole canon of Scripture in your studies. We need it for spiritual life, health, growth, and strength. And through God's Word, our shepherd feeds us the nourishment we need, and it's the best. Are you being nourished by God's Word on a regular basis? Second, as a shepherd, he renews your life. David says, Yahweh as shepherd restores or refreshes my soul. In this context, my soul could be translated by, simply by the word me. He restores me. The physical nourishment and rest the shepherd provides revives the life of the sheep under his care. Why do sheep need to be restored? According to Ezekiel 34, where the prophet uses the shepherd-sheep metaphor, sheep wander and go astray because they catch the scent of fresh grass at, a, grass at another place, or hired shepherds may fail them. The true shepherd finds them and restores them to the fold. Often he must clean them and dress their wounds. He restores their strength that was depleted by fatigue or injury or by the heat of the day. Once again, at the underlying spiritual level, the good shepherd through the word of God heals and renews the whole person. David used the same expression, restores my soul, in Psalm 19 when he said, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring or reviving the soul. The good shepherd picks me up when I've fallen down or been wounded in spirit. He lifts me up when the load is heavy. He renews my strength when I am weak. He renews my trust in him and revitalizes my relationship with him. He restores my soul. When sorrowful, he comforts me. When sinful, he cleanses and forgives me. The good shepherd uses God's word to restore the soul. Is God's word renewing and refreshing you today 
and on a regular basis. Third, as a shepherd, he leads you on the right paths. David says, the shepherd guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And one of the main tasks of a shepherd is to guide the sheep on correct, safe paths, paths to places of nourishment and water and back to the sheepfold. Some paths are dangerous and need to be avoided. A shepherd leads his sheep on the right paths. And he does it for the sake of his reputation as a good shepherd and not a poor one. A good shepherd knows the way home to the fold, while a poor shepherd may take a wrong turn and get lost. The underlying spiritual reality is God's providential guidance in our lives. As we go through life, the Lord guides us as a good shepherd on the right paths. And with him, the right paths are paths of righteousness. When the Lord is our shepherd, we can be confident of his leading in our lives. And why can we rely on him to guide us in the right paths? Because he guides us for his name's sake, for the sake of his reputation as our shepherd. Isn't that amazing? God puts his name on the line in shepherding us. He wants to show us in the world that he's faithful to provide all our needs and to guide us in righteous ways. If he fails to do so, his faithfulness could be called into question and his reputation damaged in our eyes. Perhaps you're in a confusing situation right now. You don't see a clear path to get through it. The Lord, as your shepherd, loves you and has your best interest in mind. He can be trusted to guide you along the right path through his word, through listening to him in prayer, and through the wise counsel of godly people. Are you listening for the shepherd's voice to guide you in the right path? as a young person looking forward to the future that lies before you. Trust God to lead you in the right paths. Fourth, as a shepherd, he protects you in dangerous times. David says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. There's a significant change in pronouns in this verse. In verses 2 and 3, the psalmist is speaking about his shepherd and uses the pronoun he a number of times. In verses 4 through 6, he's speaking to his shepherd and uses the pronoun you. Someone has observed that the shepherd goes before the sheep when the path is bright and clear, but he goes alongside the flock when the way is frightening and dangerous. The familiar phrase, valley of the shadow of death, is uh, probably better rendered, more generally, as it is in the NIV, the darkest valley. And the psalmist pictures the shepherd taking his sheep through a dark ravine surrounded by steep cliffs 
where there is imminent danger from predators and from thieves. And in order to lead them to grassy meadows, meadows and fresh, refreshing water, they must pass through the dark and dangerous places. But the sheep remain calm. They do not fear evil in the sense of calamity or harm because the shepherd is with them. They remain calm because the shepherd's rod and staff assure them of his presence. And these are instruments of protection and help. And the shepherd uses them to protect the sheep against predators and to rescue them, the sheep who wander away or become injured. So the good shepherd cares for the sheep by protecting them. And the <coughs> underlying reality is the protecting care of our shepherd in life-threatening situations, including the death of a loved one or our own impending death. And the emotional stability and comfort he provides during these situations even though the Lord is our shepherd, we still face trying times. Trials and tribulations, just like David. But we need not fear nor lack for comfort that comes from his abiding presence and his power to help us through the trials. He can be trusted to protect us. David himself declared in Psalm 56, when I am afraid, I put my trust in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust, and I am not afraid. And God himself has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, in Hebrews 13:5, The blessing of having the shepherd is not the elimin elimination of all suffering or danger or the removal of all problems, but the tremendous truth that he is always with us. And that is one of the major themes of the Bible as well. And it culminates in Jesus' promise of Matthew 28, 20. Truly, <clears throat> truly, I am with you. I am with you always to the very end of the age. In tough and threatening circumstances, David found the answer where we also must find it. Not in trying to explain things fully, but in the presence of God who is with us and sustains us. But there's a little more in the rest of this psalm. The Lord cares for you like a generous host. He does so by providing abundant blessings for you. And so the metaphor that, Paul, that David uses changes. And the picture here is of God as a generous host providing a meal for an invited guest and sparing no expense. The setting is probably in a royal banquet room, which would have been very familiar to King David, along with the ancient Near East practice of providing generous hospitality. To prepare a table is to prepare a feast that is put on the table before an honored guest. And this is done in plain sight of David's adversaries, clearly announcing to them not to attempt to harm him in any way. As a gesture of hospitality and joy toward the guest, 
The host is pictured as applying fresh perfumed oil to his head and filling his cup of wine to capacity so that it overflows. And the reality behind the imagery of God as a generous host is his gracious favor toward us. Through his abundant blessings and protection, he demonstrates that we have an intimate relationship with him. Satisfaction, significance, and security are abundantly supplied. Truly, his grace is amazing. He also cares for you by pursuing you with goodness and loyal love. And as a result of the attentive care of Yahweh as shepherd and the abundant provisions of Yahweh as host, David confidently concludes his meditation on his relationship to God in the words of verse 6. Surely your goodness and loyal love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will acknowledge the presence of the Lord in my life all the days of my life. And his loyal love and his goodness pursue us as portrayed in verses 1 to 5 all the days of our life. And so David has given us a important and significant meditation on Yahweh as shepherd. Psalm 23 has given us this portrait, the Lord as shepherd. He is a good and faithful shepherd who cares for his people, providing what they need, restoring, guiding, and protecting them. And in addition, the Lord is gracious, is a gracious and generous host to his people providing abundant blessing, genuine significance, and protecting security. Rather than being overcome by anxiety or doubt or fear, the psalm inspires us to trust God as a faithful shepherd with all of our issues, with every one of our needs. It encourages us to be confident of his goodness and faithfulness empowering us to enjoy fellowship with him all the days of our life. Thanks be to God. May God give us a clear understanding of this truth, of this wonderful psalm, and a profound experience of it in our lives. Join me in prayer. <coughs> Gracious Heavenly Father, we are grateful that we can call you our shepherd and that you love us, that we are precious to you and you care for us, supplying our needs, guiding us, restoring us, and protecting us along life's journey. I pray your special blessing on each one of these men and women, each one of these students who love you and desire to follow in your ways. Help them to have renewed trust in you 
as their shepherd, as their guide in life. And may they be confident, like the psalmist, that your goodness and mercy, your loyal love, follows, in fact, pursues us all the days of our lives because you're abiding and wonderful presence with us. And to that end, we give you praise. And we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May God bless you, give you a wonderful day. Go in his grace and in peace.